planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everyone, it's Los. Welcome to uh, the week four roundup, week five preview of the NFL. Uh, exciting week, a lot of crazy games, a lot of upsets this year, a lot of injuries, um, just crazy stuff going on left and right. Yeah, and uh, very sad to hear about Las Vegas. Certainly uh, a, a lot still going on there, a lot being sorted out, but uh, our best to everyone there. Yeah, I have a lot of fam- uh, friends and family in Las Vegas. My thoughts are with all of you, um, even people you don't know. A lot of people travel to Vegas, you know, so you don't know who was affected by this incident. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes whenever anything like this happens is uh, Mr. Rogers. And he's always saying, whenever terrible things happen, uh, look for the helpers. And certainly uh, inspired to see all the pictures of the people donating blood and everything today. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but on to more joyful things, on to a little more fun. That's what we're around for, to bring a little more joy and fun to your day. Uh, why don't you bring us uh, the Gillette Close Shave of the Week? Yeah, you know, football always helps us, you know, take our minds off the bad stuff happening in the world. And uh, a little fun for our Gillette Close Shave this week. In a close game with five lead changes, the Tampa Bay Bucks were trailing at home by one point to the New York Giants with just over three minutes remaining in the fourth. But Jameis Winston led the Buccaneer offense down the field on a nine-play, 59-yard drive to the New York Giants' 16-yard line. The Bucs have struggled with field goals and extra points, but kicker Nick Folk washed away the bad memories of former second-round pick Roberto Guayo. With four seconds left on the clock, Nick Folk knocked the ball through the uprights, to steal away victory from the Giants like Jameis Steele and Crab Legs from a grocery store. <laughs> get your close shave like Nick Folk with Gillette, the best a man can get. Same grade blades, now for less. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Roberto Aguayo and all these all these reject uh, Bucks kickers, it's nice to see every rejected Bucks kicker end up on the Chicago Bears at some point in their career. It's It's really nice. You know, everybody deserves a second chance. There we go. Uh, that'll bring us into uh, Tampa Bay for this week, right? In our Thursday night football game, uh, New York at Tampa Bay. Uh, unlike the defense, the Pats offense is nothing to be afraid of. Brady continues to put up numbers. The backfield is actually showing some consistency this year for the most part uh, so far with their usage. As long as this defense is as bad as it is, James uh, James White will be a solid flex with PPR upside. Mike Gillisley would be a better option in weeks versus worse offenses uh, than Tampa Bay has, like Miami or something. Uh, I don't think it's time to shy away from Brandon cooks. Not a good couple of weeks he's had, but he's a great wide receiver in both deep and mid routes. And you drafted as a, as your wide receiver one, it's doubtful that you have somebody on your bench that, that I would slot over him. Uh, Gronk adds another four catch 80 yard day. Very solid. What else is there? Yeah. I mean, I think really we're seeing more consistency from the new England backfield because their defense is one of the worst in the league right now. So they're constantly playing catch up or, you know, going punch for punch with other teams. And 
Seriously, I mean, that's the main reason James White is probably the best option right now. Um, like you said, probably a high-end flex play in PPR until further notice with all these games being shootouts. Uh, Mike Gillisley is probably riding your bench right now until we see the Patriots defense give him better game scripts to work with, but you're certainly not dropping him. And then Chris Hogan is a wide receiver one thus far on the season. He was a waiver wire gem if you know you guys drafted early before the Julian Edelman injury. Um, or, you know, if you drafted him even in the mid to late rounds uh, afterwards, I don't think anybody quite saw this kind of upside from him. Um, but certainly you're starting uh, Hogan, you're starting Cooks, um, you're starting Gronk, of course. Absolutely. As for Tampa Bay, this is a great week to use Tampa Bay wide receivers, especially if you're down wide receiver two in the bye weeks this week. Um, a lot of people losing uh, players in New Orleans, Atlanta, things like that. Uh, Winston's been looking more accurate. He's had more game time to work with these receiving weapons, namely Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Humphreys and Jackson are solid flex options for me this week. And I love uh, Brait as a tight end streaming option. Uh, you saw you saw him connect with OJ Howard this week on that deep pass. OJ was wide open. It's like they forgot he existed on the field. Um, New England doesn't forget about players. They just can't play defense very well. So I, I'd lock Braden pretty heavily this week. Um, also, we finally see the long-awaited return of the Duggernaut this week. Hopefully, you weren't stashing him all for nothing. Uh, if he can't capitalize on this defense and at least have high-end running back two numbers, I'd be a bit worried about him. Um, hopefully, he plays a little less like the Duggernaut and a little more like the Muscle Hamster. That's that's about when his career started to go into the gut when he changed his nickname yeah i like Jameis winston a lot this week i think we're going to see another relatively high scoring game but um thursday night games i feel like both teams are always a little bit winded on the short weeks to prep so he's a low end qb1 for me with a little bit of risk but a, a high ceiling against this new england secondary and as you said if, if you've been holding doug martin uh, you may want to start him this week uh, but at the same time, the Buccaneers may ease him back into a role uh, in his first week back. So he, for me, just a high-end flex play so far um, until we see what his usage looks like. Uh, however, I do expect Martin to be the guy going forward. Um, and of course, you're playing Mike Evans in this matchup. And Deshaun Jackson should be a nice boomer bust flex option also. Uh, it only takes one uh, busted coverage play, um, which we've seen New England do plenty recently for... Deshaun Jackson to get a nice long touchdown in this one. And also Cameron Braid, he should be a high end tight end too. And what might, what might be a great game script for him if Belichick tries to take away Evans and uh, Jackson a little bit on the outside might, might, might have a lot of checkdowns uh, from Jameis Winston in that scenario. Yep. Uh, on a short week, Thursday night football, uh, I trust Bill Belichick to get his team back into shape uh, as to where they need to be more than the Buc uh, Buccaneers team. So give me, give me new England. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a crazy, crazy world, but I just, I don't see a crazy enough world where New England drops a two and three, and if that happens, I, I will be very sad. Speaking of crazy world, Buffalo pulled off another stunner, beating the defending NFC champion Falcons. Uh, the main notes from this game are uh, Matthews was injured, le leading to even heavier usage for C Charles Clay. For me, he's ascended from the streamer tight end ranks into a bona fide 10-team starter. Uh, five catches on seven targets for 112 yards and the best receiving option on this team until the rookie Zay Jones learns how to, how to play in the NFL. He's been pretty disappointing so far. Uh, Clay seeing really consistent targets. LaShawn McCoy 
McCoy had a 13-point day, which feels like a real letdown. Uh, that's just how good he's been this year. I don't love Tyrod Taylor this week versus the Bengals defense, but you may have to go there with uh, three quarterback ones on buys this week. Um, you know, the, the silver lining to that cloud is that Sean Watson did run all over this Bengals defense, but but I don't expect Taylor to have a great day here. Yeah, I don't love Taylor for the reasons that you mentioned, especially Jordan Matthews out. Uh, we have yet to see Zay Jones do a ton. Um, and really, uh, this Buffalo defense is legit, even though a lot of that win can be attributed to the fact that both Julio Jones and Muhammad Snu got hurt. Um, this Buffalo defense is really very good, and I expect LaShawn McCoy um, to have plenty of touches in what should be a relatively close game. And then, as you mentioned, I 100% agree. We'll talk about Charles Clay during our waiver wire section, but I think he needs to be owned as a tight end right now. Um, he should be a, a low-end tight end one going forward for the rest of the season with this passing game so anemic and him really being the top option. For the Bengals, Dalton returned to form in a big way with a four-touchdown day versus Cleveland, but this is not Cleveland. This is Buffalo, and this is a bad up, bad matchup for most quarterbacks, including and especially the Red Rifle or the Red Rocket, whatever he is. Uh, for week four in your weekly Bengals running back showdown, Joe Mixon led the way with 17 carries for 29 yards, adding four catches for 19 yards. Gio Bernard with three carries only for 12 yards, adding three catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Had a really nice uh, play in one of those. And Jeremy Hill, only six carries for 16 yards and one catch. Uh, if the Mixon owners down on his production this year and especially for this week this may be another opportunity to poach him from him especially if he has a down week versus buffalo which i expect him to have uh he will be a workhorse by season's end he's pretty close to one already and we're only four weeks in aj green gave you a nice 17 point day of course you're starting him finally i love when tight ends have big two touchdown weeks like tyler croft just did they lead other owners into spending fab and waiver priority on them Tyler Croft is fool's gold. Fool's gold. Don't be a fool here. Yeah, I think you need to put uh, the safety on the red rifle this week, so you don't shoot yourself in the eye. I think uh, <laughs> you definitely, definitely don't want a, a huge part of uh, the Cincinnati offense. Just like you only really want McCoy and, um, excuse me, Charles Clay on Buffalo. I'm really only targeting Mixon as a low end RB two. Um, AJ Green, you're starting and. That's really about it at the offensive skill positions. Um, I do like both defenses as well uh, from a fantasy perspective. And what I expect to be a relatively low-scoring slugfest here with lots of punts and turnovers on both sides. Give me the Buffalo Bills here uh, on the road. Yeah, this is tough. Um, I I will take Buffalo as well, but I, I think it could go either way, really. Speaking of going either way, here we have the New York football Jets. Uh, the Jets had no business beating Jacksonville this past week. The tone was changed of the game completely. Players thrown off. Uh, Jacks was thrown. Jacksonville was thrown off, off guard, run amok by a 75-yard touchdown run from Bilal Powell. After he fell to the ground, everybody thought the play was over, except for the refs and Bilal Powell. Uh, that said, he has solid running back two potential here versus Cleveland. Uh, Elijah McGuire will not cut into his workload enough to be useful two weeks in a row. And this offense isn't high scoring enough for me to spend a roster spot on Elijah McGuire going forward. Forte will be back eventually, and this team just does not score enough touchdowns. Uh, Javon Curse has come back to earth as expected, though he is still getting the most targets on the team. But if you're really forced, uh, if you're really forced to start a Jets pass catcher, I really like Austin Safarian Jenkins this week versus Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has allowed a ton of production to tight ends this year, as we've detailed every week, and this last week was no exception to that, with Tyler Croft catching two touchdowns. 
Yeah, the Jets' offense really played very well against a menacing Jacksonville defense this past week, and they should find some success again this week against a much weaker Cleveland defense. Um, we talked about Blau Powell during our waiver section last week, and I hope you guys listened. Uh, certainly wasn't expecting that big of a game from him, so a little bit fluky, but uh, this is the kind of upside that he has. He He's much more explosive and quick twitch at this point in his career than Matt Forte is. Um, Jermaine Kerr still a wide receiver for low-end flex, and Cleveland is a decent matchup. So as you mentioned, Austin Safarian Jenkins, a nice tight end streamer this week um, with, <laughs> with the big game that they just allowed to Tyler Croft. As for Cleveland, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, unfortunately, has looked like a rookie week after week after starting off pretty hot. I'd avoid him until he shows a little bit more consistency. Uh, Crowell is still the leading is still leading the team in carries weekly with seven carries for 20 yards versus Cincy. I expect to improve as the season presses on, but I cannot start him until I see something good at least once, something great, something I'll settle for something above average. Uh, Duke Johnson's a workable flex for now in both standard and PPR, given how this team has looked. I don't expect that to last as Kaiser continues to develop and the receivers get better involved. And as this running game improves, then the uh, leaning on Duke Johnson will back off. I think Duke Johnson is a high end flex right now. And Crowell is the low end flex um, in PPR. At least I just, I don't see um, how you can start anybody else on Cleveland right now, even in a good matchup against the Jets. Uh, this really is just, <laughs> Cleveland is just such a continual disappointment year after year, and they always start off a little bit hot and, and give you some hope, and then they kind of just go back down and come back down to earth. I absolutely agree, and I have them losing disappointingly to the New York Jets at home. Ah, this is such a close matchup of crap teams that I'm going to take right? the home, I'm going to take the home team Cleveland here. There we go. Uh, Carolina at Detroit, the battle for uh, the rights to light blue coloring. The Panthers beat the Patriots in a high-scoring game, but the Detroit defense is legit. Uh, I'm not getting overexcited to change my progressions for this team. Cam is a quarterback, too, despite his great showing versus New England. Uh, McCaffrey will be a PPR running back, too. Jonathan Stewart's a flex whose value will be limited. Uh, who, whose value will be limited if uh, Detroit can score in, in this Carolina defense. Devin Funches had a really nice week as well, but he is a hold for me until they show consistency and targets for him. I don't expect a startable week for him in Detroit. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, if he's healthy, fire him up. Yeah, I actually think Funches is going to have another nice week here. I'd expect Kelvin Benjamin to see a lot of Darius Slay this week. Um, and for Cam Newton to go to Funches again quite a bit. Uh, both are decent wide receiver three or flex options for me here. Um, I think this will be a fun game to watch, but uh, really Cam Newton, I mean, I wouldn't start him at Detroit. I, I Like you said, I do think this defense is legit. Um, I actually picked them up and started them against Minnesota in a couple of leagues, and they might actually be holds for the season. They've had a hot start to the year, and they might just keep it going. There we go. Definitely uh, dark horses coming through in the NFC North. Uh, Stafford's a low-end quarterback one for me versus Carolina. I definitely expect at least one touchdown for this week. I'm surprised at how Abdul has dominated the running back work this past week with 20 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown to Riddick's four carries for four yards and Zenner's three carries, but definitely not shocked by this. He's in a similar but different, I guess, situation to Joe Mixon in that he's the most talented running back on the team and should eventually be the workhorse. He just has such an extent 
extensive injury history for being so young that I still expect them to limit him to try and avoid the injured reserve for this player. Uh, as long as he stays healthy and catches passes, he has bottom end running back one potential, but more realistically is <laughs> a solid running back two because you can't expect you, you can't, you know, you can't guarantee you can't count on him to stay healthy. Uh, I expect Riddick to get back to PPR flex value, at least for this game. Uh, Tate should definitely be better as well. Minnesota was a tough week with 15 of Stafford's targets going to the likes of Ebron Fells, TJ Jones and Michael Roberts, which we're not going to see another week. Definitely not this week. Yeah, I, I do like Tate better uh, this week. And again, with going back to Amir Abdullah, um, you know, he left the game briefly with that ankle injury and he supposedly Detroit said that he could have returned, but I just don't trust him as anything more than a flex play until he shows us more consistency. I think he got the bulk of the workload this past week, but who knows, uh, you know, Jim Caldwell could do just about anything with that backfield week to week. And I think it's going to be somewhat unpredictable here in that committee. But um, as I mentioned, I, I do think the Detroit defense is another good play this week. Uh, Carolina's really been struggling. Uh, last week at New England is kind of a fluky. We've seen that New England's really been a pushover on defense. And I, I expect Detroit to win this game at home. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, just to echo, I, I uh, theoretic. James White just had a phenomenal game versus Carolina. I guess we didn't really highlight that as much as we could have. Yeah, I, I agreed. All right. Uh, San Francisco at Indianapolis. Um, Hyde's a running back too. Garcon's a low end flex. That's as far as I'm going to take anyone on this team. Hoyer has really not been good or efficient or on target or anything positive. Um, it's too much of a crapshoot with these wide receivers, but Garcon should be better off getting away from this Cardinals secondary. Uh, I don't love him, but if he's on your team and you have nothing better, you got to stick with him. Yeah, this is going to be a shootout between two bad secondaries, but I just don't know how you could start anybody other than the two guys that you mentioned, Hyde and Garcon. Um, the one other note is that, uh, you know, Garcon may see some Vontae Davis, uh, certainly may limit his upside this game. And also on Carlos Hyde, he's been playing through um, that lingering hip injury, and he was relatively effective this past week. But uh, Matt Breda is certainly worth a look in deeper leagues, especially if you're a Carlos Hyde owner. I think he would be uh, the main guy if anything were to happen. And we have seen that Hyde has gotten nagging injuries here and there over the years. Definitely one of those upside handcuffs. Now, San Francisco just allowed 350 passing yards to Arizona, and Brissett has looked much better with his wide receivers. So while I still don't have any reason to love this offense, I'm not afraid to start Ty, uh, Ty Montgomery and Doyle here, assuming Doyle progresses through concussion protocol by game time. Uh, Gore should be able to remain in game again, showing last week that they will run him until the game gets out of hand, which I don't expect it to this week. They, they should stay point for point pretty close. Uh, I don't know when Andrew Luck's due to return, but a deep league buy low for me is Dante Moncrief. Should only be a few more weeks for Andrew Luck. Uh, it's time to start preparing for his return. And this this team may actually end up a contender for this division. I know that sounds crazy, but the defense has been playing pretty darn well. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, certainly with, uh, as you mentioned earlier, four, four teams on buy. I do think Jacoby Brissett is a fine high-end QB2 to stream this week in fantasy. Um, I think there's a lot of upside here against San Francisco and, you know, yeah, start Hilton and start Doyle. I, I think they're fine this week against a uh, pretty porous San Francisco defense. And as you mentioned, uh, we'll talk about Dante Moncrief in the waiver wire section. Uh, if he's out there in your league for when Andrew Luck returns and, and similarly, I think Jack Doyle even more so uh, should be a high end or excuse me, not high end, but at least a low end tight end one with Andrew Luck back and hopefully maybe like two to three weeks. 
Sure. Uh, I think Indianapolis's offense will uh, overtake this defense in, in a relatively high scoring game. Yep, I will take Indy at home as well. All right, Tennessee at Miami. Uh, Marcus Mariota is unfortunately day-to-day after pulling a hamstring while rushing for a touchdown and a very nice run. Uh, If he can't go, I would avoid their wide receivers completely this week, but still start Delaney Walker as a low-end tight end one. Uh, Murray's a running back two, and Henry's a flex versus Sue and this tough uh, Finns rush defense. Yeah, um, Marcus Mariota, that... that hamstring injury doesn't sound super serious um they're saying he's day-to-day and really uh you know hopefully he'll be able to play here because i think this will be a really nice richard matthews revenge game here um and he's been he's been getting a huge percent of the target share with Corey davis still out and i think he's actually a legit high-end flex play this week um, could even have higher than that upside, but um, certainly for Marcus Mariota, I think if he plays, he'll be a low-end QB1, high-end QB2. Um, that hamstring injury is going to limit his rushing upside, and there also is that risk of aggravating the injury if he does um, actually suit up and play this week. On the other side of the football, this Finns offense looks like trash. Uh, Tennessee's a tough run defense, so I'm not expecting more than a low-end running back two-day from Jay Ajayi. Uh, that said, Tennessee just showed us how beatable they can be in the air, and Parker and Landry should both be just fine wide receiver two types for you. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add um, fantasy-wise uh, to what you just said about Miami. I just wanted to highlight the one play this past week where uh, Jay Cutler was in the wildcat formation all the way on the outside. And he basically just had his hands on the hips from pre-snap to the snap to the play being over and literally did not move a single inch. Um, and, and I saw the best meme out there this past week where uh, it was a picture of Jay Cutler looking his normal defeated self. And, and the caption said, you know, in my defense, I did try to retire. <laughs> Jay's had a good place in his life. You know, he's uh, he's had quite a career ups and downs, you know, put up some numbers, made a lot of money. So, you know, can't feel bad for the guy. No, not at all. Um, (laughs) Assuming Marcus Mariota plays, I will take Tennessee on the road. I think I'm going to take Tennessee regardless. This seems like one of those games where Jay gets a little overconfident against a bad secondary and throws three interceptions. Or three long touchdowns to Devontae Parker. What? Or maybe both. Who knows? <laughs> That's very true. Right. Uh, I, I, I just thought, you know, that that first drive of the game actually pretty much highlighted things really well against New Orleans, where they drove down the field really well. And then the first play they had in the red zone, he, he promptly throws a uh, interception immediately. Yep. Gave me PTSD from uh, Jay Cutler's <laughs> Bears days. Exactly. All right. Uh Los Angeles Chargers versus uh, or at the New York Giants. Uh, Melvin Gordon needs to get healthy if the Chargers want a chance to compete here. He faces a tough defense in New York. I wouldn't be surprised by a running back three day, really, in terms of point totals. But he's just too big of a part of the offense for me to bench him or or consider anything crazy like that. Uh, Keenan Allen should be still should still be fine in a wide receiver one to two type day in this defense. And Tyrell Williams may end up in the wide receiver two to three discussion with so many wide receivers on buys this week. I still love henry for the season expect his usage to continue to progress but i would bench him in favor of a of a charles clay or something like that for now uh, i'm not touching philip rivers in new york yeah cameron bray and oj howard both had nice days against the giants this past week uh, i do think that both henry and gates are high on tight end twos this week and certainly I, I agree that i don't think you can bench melvin gordon given his workload unless you really have solid options at running back 
Um, you know, he's been uh, limited by that knee bone bruise, but really he's still been the guy and he still seemed relatively effective. Um, and then to your point about Keenan, I don't think Janoris Jenkins is going to shadow Keenan, especially not in the slot. So he should be just fine as, as a wide receiver too, to start. But, um, I similarly do not trust Philip Rivers on the road as, you know, this is a battle of two zero and four teams. And I do think the chargers are going to end up the zero and five team at the end of this week. Sure. Uh, not to not talk a little bit about the uh, Giants running back situation. Wayne Gallman got a chance to show just how, how disappointing he can be uh, getting the most carries for the Giants versus Tampa Bay. 11 carries, 42 yards. Not awful with two catches for eight yards and a touchdown. He isn't particularly exciting, but he has fallen into the title of best back in the Giants backfield. So congratulations, Wayne Gallman. Uh, he's definitely worth an ad in a stash with running back two upside. If he takes off later this season and, and they don't end up putting the other running backs in his way, that said, Perkins is going to heal up. Dark will, will return and Vereen will always be there. So don't get too excited by a shiny new toy. This is a messy backfield, probably even more messy than uh, the Washington Redskins backfield with everybody healthy there. Odell Beckham's a wide receiver one. Marshall's back to where he belongs as wide receiver three or flex. Sterling Shepard came back to earth as a bench stash. And Evan Ingram is really turning into a nice little player, uh, breaking the mold of the rookie tight end. But he's not really fitting a mold of a tight end anyways, lighting up a tight end, H back, split out, a lot of a lot of plays all over the field. He's a tight end too with a good floor, 11 targets in this game alone. I think Wayne Gallman is worth a look here, and we'll talk about it more in the waiver wire ads, but uh, there are quite a few running back options this week on the waiver wire due to injuries and other situations, and Gallman will still be near the bottom of the list. That said, it looks like he's the best back uh, in that backfield, but it's still going to be somewhat of a committee. It's a, it's a bad offensive line, a bad run game, so he's kind of uh, you know the, the king of the losers there. So I don't know that you need to go out and spend a ton, of, ton for him. Um, but more importantly, I think Evan Ingram is, uh, you know, you mentioned Charles Clay earlier as having ascended past uh, a streamer even. And I think the same goes for me for Evan Ingram. Um, I think he's worth an ad at tight end. The Giants really can't run the ball. So they've resorted to a ton of quick passing to get the ball out of Eli's hands quickly. Um, and that's really similar to what Minnesota and Pat Shermer did last year when their offensive line couldn't block at all. And if you recall last year, Kyle Rudolph ended up a top five fantasy tight end as a result. And I think Evan Ingram is a must add at tight end unless you have Gronk or Kelsey. And, and even then he's worth adding for the bye weeks or as a, as a trade ship. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. I'm glad to be an Ingram dynasty owner. <laughs> <laughs> you bet you are. Uh, I think uh, the, the Chargers are just too fun to watch collapse for me to uh, call them a winner this week. So give me the Giants. Yeah, this is like a, a mirror matchup of bad teams losing close games. And in, in that case, I, I, like I said earlier, I will take the home team here. Uh, give me the Giants as well. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Arizona at Philadelphia. Arizona finally figured out their answer to replacing uh, David Johnson in the backfield. And the answer is just don't do it and abandon the run completely. Uh, this may be the recipe again against an injured Philadelphia secondary. And Palmer slides in another week as a quarterback one for me. Uh, Fitz gets the touchdown and stays in the wide receiver one discussion for me. But the story of this game was really Andre Ellington with nine catches on 14 targets for 86 yards. I, I dare you to tell me that you saw that coming. I don't see this repeating. There's no trick record of them doing anything like this so it really doesn't do much for me uh instead give me jaron brown and jj nelson as wide receiver three and flexes in a deep league uh i just i i don't think i can trust carson palmer this week in fantasy 
Um, despite the good matchup secondary-wise, I, I think this Eagles defensive line is just going to eat them alive. I, I think Arizona would consider this a win if Carson Palmer gets out of this week healthy, really. Um, it's pretty much going to be impossible to run against that line. So like you said, they've pretty much abandoned it. So again, Andre Ellison should see a lot of short targets worth a high on RB3 or flex play with plenty of upside and PPR. Um, we're seeing a lot of these backs merge, Chris Thompson, Tariq Cohen, Theo Riddick, guys like that. And uh, Andre Ellington, when healthy, is just as talented as those guys. Larry Fitzgerald should be fine. And I do think John Brown is interesting, too, if he remains healthy. Um, Arizona really limited his snaps last week in his first game back from that quad injury. But if he's healthy, I like Brown a lot against the, the Philadelphia secondary. And he should be a high-end flex play if they let him play a little bit more. Um, he is the clear number two behind Fitzgerald when he's healthy, and uh, he's worth a waiver wire add, too, if he was dropped, and, and that's pretty likely in most leagues. Just a matter of him being healthy. Uh, Philly showed a three-headed monster running back between Blunt, Smallwood, and Clemens splitting carries. 16 carries for Blunt and 10 apiece for the other two. That said, Smallwood got the passing down, Strolls-like work, making the most valuable back for me. Uh, Ones will have to look underneath a lot versus this Cardinal secondary, making Smallwood a very high-end flex for me this week. Uh, Ertz is a lock at tight end one, adding another five catches on eight targets for 81 yards. I'd like to avoid the wide receivers if possible versus Arizona, fading Jeffrey to a wide receiver three uh, Aguilar just a stash or probably just a just a you know just a watch list sort of player yeah I think the Philadelphia defense is going to be what wins them uh, this game and a pretty close matchup in both defenses uh, kind of dominating uh, I will take Philly at home though we're in agreement again here. Philadelphia. Big week for the NFC East, it sounds like. Uh, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Not much to say here. Fournette took another step in this offense. I'm very glad to see his usefulness in the past game, as this was the major question dynasty owners were afraid of, taking him 1-1 uh, or 1-2. He's a running back one for me in Pittsburgh. Uh, Mercedes Lewis followed up his three-touchdown day with a zero-target day. This is why you should follow our advice. <laughs> don't waste your fab budget on these tight ends like Tyler Croft. And don't touch these wide receivers this game. They're there's definitely better dart throws available than Jacksonville wideouts. Yeah, I mean, really, do you feel lucky if you start one of them? Uh, it's it's really just a matter of time before uh, the garbage time will get one of them production, but who's it going to be? Um, like, like most weeks, all I really have to say about Jacksonville is Fournette and the defense. And there will be garbage time. Uh, Big Ben finally returns home and should return uh, to form. Despite a good Jaguars defense, they are stacked with weapons. Bell's a running back one. Brown's a running back one. Ben should find his connection with Martavis Bryant again. They have been a little bit off. He's a high-end wide receiver three for me. Probably likely, you know, wide receiver three or flex play. Who always has that wide receiver one type upside on the deep ball? Yeah, I'm actually going to go the other way on this. You know I loved Martavis Bryant coming into the season, but it, it just hasn't been there yet. And I don't think it's going to happen this week against a very good Jacksonville secondary uh really for me it's all the Le'Veon bell i think the jacksonville pass defense has been very good but their run defense has been pretty awful so you're starting bell and antonio brown of course but for me ben roethlisberger even at home is just a high-end qb2 I, I think there's a lot of risk against this very good jacksonville defense um and then brian for me just a low-end flex or high-end wide receiver four given the strength of jacksonville's cornerbacks um, the way to attack this defense is really on the inside. So I, I think Juju is going to have another decent day if you're desperate there. Um, and then I think Jesse James is interesting too with uh, potentially, uh, you know, like Cameron Brait, uh, a lot of checkdowns coming his way if the quarterback can't find anyone open on the outside. 
Okie dokie. All that said, I think Pittsburgh wins a wins a pretty easily at home. Yeah, I think on the back of uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yep. All right. Baltimore at Oakland. Alex Collins has all but replaced Terrence West completely in this offense. He's a running back three with Buck Allen holding PPR flex value versus Oakland. Uh, if if Carr plays this game, uh, even if not, actually, EJ Manuel looked pretty serviceable versus that tough Denver defense, uh, despite allowing a despite throwing an interception. Uh, Mike Wallace finally had a decent game, but nothing else looked great versus Pittsburgh at all. Oakland did a reasonably good job containing De, uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, uh, but Macklin and Wallace are, are are at worst a very deep gut shot in very deep leagues. Uh, if they can't turn it around this week, I think it's really getting near time to give it up on both these wide receivers. Uh, I think, I mean, it was already past time for me, but uh, certainly no thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll take a, a chance on both running backs if you're desperate, but again, a lot of guys out on the waiver wire this week. Uh, Collins and Buck Allen, both just, you know, middling flexes for me. Uh, do you really see a ton of upside for either of these guys? Um, this this Baltimore offense just looks terrible with Flacco looking what I think is still not fully healthy, and really their defense has to force like four turnovers for them to win any games and i don't really want anybody on this offense they're a they're a very bears-esque looking offense i don't know who's stealing from whose playbook with the dual uh, running back usage well not for long because mitch palooza is coming but we'll get to that in just a little bit Oh, good God. Uh, Oakland has been limited two weeks in a row by good defensive play. This may make three weeks in a row. Even though, even though Baltimore has looked bad the past two weeks, they still have a lot of talent on defense. Uh, I'd buy low on Lynch, even if he has a poor showing for that reason. Uh, the line is too good. Their offense will be better than we've seen. For yet another week, uh, I'd like Jared Cook as a tight end streamer, high end tight end too. Uh, Crabtree's week to week with a bruised lung. Very painful, not, uh, in our, well, hard to breathe with a bruised lung. Hard to, to get that oxygen where it needs to go and cooper's a low-end wide receiver too for now uh, better days are definitely ahead it just may not be this day I, I think it might be this day for marshawn lynch i expect a big week for him I, I think the run the ravens run defense is awful right now with brandon williams out um and they do not want ej Manuel throwing a ton if they can help it i think they're gonna try and run 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 this game milk the clock uh, really just run down baltimore's throat all game and I think that I, I will have Marshawn Lynch as a mid-end RB2 with upside uh, this week. And I think Jalen Richard is a low-end flex, too. He's got some upside. He just needs a, a couple of big plays uh, out of his, you know, five or six carries. Yeah, I definitely see him as the running back to own if you are a Marshawn Lynch owner and feel the real need to handcuff. He's looked a lot better, a lot more, a uh, lot, lot quicker on his feet, a lot better in the pass game than, uh, than uh, DeAndre Washington has thus far this year. Yeah, and, and I will take the team led by the non-elite quarterback here. <laughs> also known as EJ Manuel, huh? Yeah, give me the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, Raiders. All right. In a battle for the <laughs> NFC West, uh, Seattle at the LA Rams, um, this team finally, the Seattle finally got it together late versus Indianapolis as the defense finally overwhelmed Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they shouldn't be making it this hard with this roster. Uh, they face another test here and are minus their rookie running back and Chris Carson, who is done for the season. Russell Wilson's just a low end quarterback one versus LA Baldwin's a wide receiver two. Graham's a tight end one. And despite what Lacey and McKissick just showed in very limited work in this game, this is Rawls backfield to start this week. And I'm avoiding this entire running back committee if possible. Um, uh, so 
I just want to first off say I've never really liked Seattle. In fact, I really dislike them, and uh, I, I don't like Pete Carroll, and I, I don't like him for playing his starters uh, this late into the game, trying to humiliate the Colts when the game was already well in hand. I'm not blaming Chris Carson's injury on him because these, thing ha- these things happen anytime, anywhere, but certainly there's just no reason for it, you know, it to happen this week, I think. But uh, for me... While it is going to be a committee, I do think Rawls is going to be the pickup here for me. We'll discuss more on the waiver wire segment, but um, against a, a good Los Angeles Rams defensive line, I think he's just going to be a low-end flex this week. Uh, but certainly, I do think there's upside for Rawls for the rest of the season uh, if he can regain that that form before he broke his leg. Um, I, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to do that great in this game. The Rams always play Seattle like it's the Super Bowl. Um, for me, Wilson is just a high-end QB2 this week. Uh, the Rams are not going to be a pushover like uh, the Colts were, and I think it's going to be a tough game on the road for the Seahawks. Sure, sure. Um, I don't think he was trying to stick it to anybody. I think they were just like, this This has been a garbage offense. I think he's just trying to see what he actually has in these players. Maybe. I mean, you can give him the benefit of the doubt, but I've seen Pete Carroll do this before, and I just I think that's what he was trying to do. All right. Uh, L.A. put together a really good game beating the Cowboys. I I don't think Seattle has an answer for Todd Gurley, who's locked in as a running back one. Finally, in his career, Dynasty owners have been waiting a while for this. Uh, The past game has looked good, but I'm avoiding all parts of it versus Seattle. It's a divisional uh, divisional game, and the Legion of Boom will look to send a message here. Um, You know, some, you know. Some of these players do like to try and stick it to guys a little extra. Cooper Cup might be a target here. He's sort of a smaller guy. Yeah, uh, Gurley. All the Gurley this week. Uh, the Seattle running defense is not playing great, and and he is going to be the key to who wins this game. Um, and quick shout out to my friend Mallory. Uh, her her team name is named after Todd Gurley. Her her team name is White Gurley Wasted, and I think he will uh, help them to another big win this week. Uh, give me the Rams at home. Oh boy. Yeah. Give give me the Rams too. I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Now to talk about the, the evil green Bay Packers going into Dallas. Uh, There's not much to say that you already don't or that you don't already probably know since they played on Thursday, start anyone who's healthy. Dallas isn't a great defense, namely Aaron Rodgers, Adams and Cobb. If they're healthy, Jordy Nelson, of course. And it looks like it's probably going to be Aaron Jones at running back. Uh, Another rookie who looked good in this offense last week after Ty and Jamal Williams went down. Um, He was, uh, you know, probably the more talented of the two backs between he and Jamal Williams, but drafted a little later, a whole round later, actually. But they don't know what they're going to do at running back. They drafted three this year. Uh, Bennett had about 10 point day in Chicago. So I'd call that a win as a streamer pick, but I'd go back to avoiding him this week in Dallas. I think a lot in this game depends on the health of both teams because there have been conflicting reports about Ty Montgomery, um, originally broken ribs and now just a uh, sore ribs. I don't really know what that means. Um, they're saying there's a chance that he plays this week though. So um, if he does, then I, I think you have to play him. And then same with Jamal Williams. Uh, they're saying he has a knee sprain, but again, um, they're not sure how severe it is. Supposedly it sounds minor and he might play this week. Uh, so for me, Aaron Jones is, isn't necessarily a lock yet and not necessarily a must add on waivers, but um, I, I do think you need to take a shot at least either Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones. It's really, you know, what does your gut say? Do you think Williams is going to be healthy? Um, but me personally, I'm, I'm leaning Jamal Williams. I think he's more of the three down back. Uh, I, I think he's going to do better um, overall uh, if he's healthy and 
I, I think, uh, I mean, Ty Montgomery, uh, again, uh, hopefully you, you have one of these guys already. I know I have Jamal Williams in one league where I own Ty Montgomery. Um, and then on the flip side, too, it depends on if Sean Lee is healthy, because if he's not roaming the middle of the field, I think Martellus Bennett might actually have another nice day. All right, I can see a lot of that. Um, my gut tells me that I really like Dak here in a spot start for your bye week uh, quarterbacks. He can navigate this Green Bay secondary and add some value on his legs uh, as he tries to run away from the pass rush. Uh, does should be a wide receiver one this week. Had a really nice week last week. Um, Dak is really forcing the ball to him. Zeke's a running back one, of course. And this should actually be a decent uh, Jason Witten week for me if you're hurting at tight end as Dak will look for a uh, release against Clay Matthews and that pass rush. Yeah, I think uh, Dak Prescott's going to need to throw a lot more than we all anticipated uh, with that you know, offensive line not being as dominant as before. And I, I think he'll be a solid starter for the, the rest of the year and certainly in this week against Green Bay at home. Um, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Uh, I, as much as I hate to say it, I think give me the Packers on the road. Yeah, give me the give me the Packers, of course. Oh, you know That'll what? be the most um, weak sort of thing. Actually, one other note. Uh, let's go back to Green Bay for just a second. Uh, one thing sure, I did sure. want to mention. Breaking news? No, so uh, Devontae Adams likely out with a concussion this week. So Geronimo Allison, um, worth, worth a look because, again, the hit luckily wasn't as bad as it looked. Uh, it sounds like Adams will be all right, but he may miss one to two weeks. And I think Geronimo Allison will be um, a pretty decent wide receiver streamer uh, until he returns. Ah, yes, of course, of course. Uh, excellent, excellent. Thank you. Uh, now move us into Sunday night football. Uh, KC at Houston. Should be a tough showdown here. Uh, Kansas City's a very fun team to watch. It'll be great to see how they match up on a good defense here. I'm um, sitting Smith, of course, wasn't starting many ways and fading Travis Kelsey, but looking to uh, looking looking to uh, hunt and hill with confidence as Andy Reid does find creative ways to get them involved in the game all the time. Um, they hold their valley pretty well. Uh, I don't know if I would fade Kelsey. I think he's just an integral part of the offense at this point. I don't think you can sit him. Uh, certainly, uh, I think they're going to find ways to get Kelsey involved, too. Uh, Alex Smith likes those little shovel passes to Kelsey, and they're going to find you know creative ways like that to get him the ball. I think you're still starting all of your Chiefs, even in a tough matchup. All right, uh, there we go. Uh, on the Houston side of the football, Deshaun Watson flashed his potential, showed us what he can do against the pass defense. That has holes, of course, Tennessee. Uh, this is going to be a real challenge for him, and I expect him to come up short against a very solid and creative defense. Uh, if he continues to progress, however, this is a really good thing for those that invested in Lamar Miller and then were disappointed. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who had a 27-point game here, and Foreman owners all alike. Uh, this will raise all of their values. Um, I'm fading them each this week, but I like where I see this offense heading going forward uh watson showed this game that unlike his prior counterparts he's willing to target the speedy will fuller the fifth and even hit him with some accuracy two touchdowns this game definitely wasn't expecting that for his return um if this offense can get clicking houston will be a very nasty team to have to face yeah and actually you know originally i had put down kansas city for this game but in prime time and given how Pretty poor Kansas City's offensive line has looked tonight uh, against this Houston defense. I, th I think I'm going to pick an upset here, and I'm going to take Houston in this game. All right, I'm going to stick with Casey as they get to the young quarterback. Uh, moving on to another team that uh, will be seeing a young quarterback, Minnesota at Chicago for Monday Night Football. 
<clears throat> on the Minnesota side of the football, excuse me, I don't really care who's playing quarterback. I'm starting Diggs and Thielen with confidence. Um, unfortunately, we lost another stud in Dalvin Cook. Uh, the reflexive ad is Jarek McKinnon, but I'm really expecting a timeshare of him and uh, uh, Latavius Murray, even though Murray hasn't showed us much this year either. Uh, look for Kyle Rudolph to get a little more involved in this offense as well with this team missing maybe its best player, probably. Yeah, I think it's going to be more Latavius Murray. Um, McKinnon had a really bad drop on one of those passes, and um, you know he avoided a big injury, but he did get injured in that game as well. And I, I really think it's going to be Latavius. Um, the good news for Vikings fans is that it does sound like it's possible for Sam Bradford to play. Um, I think even though Case Keenum's been serviceable, Bradford definitely offers more upside to that entire offense. Uh, I think Latavius Murray is going to be a priority ad for me on the waivers this week. Um, and as you said, I, I do think uh, the other thing with Minnesota is losing Dalvin Cook. They may try and go back to that quick passing game to make up for the lack of the run game um, if Murray doesn't work out for them. And I think this is a good time to buy low on Kyle Rudolph if for some reason his owner you know, is, is looking to sell. Yeah, they may have to. There's no reason to overstack the run defense with Dalvin Cook missing time. Yeah, and, and really we saw them go to that quick passing game uh, when their running game was ineffective last year. And, and I do think this is your window right now to buy Rudolph because I think his arrow is pointing up. Speaking of an arrow pointing up, Chicago fans, this is finally the week. We all get to see Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears' first-round pick, who they traded up for, traded a lot of assets to get this guy. Uh, take the helmet, quarterback, and boy, are they throwing him to the Wolves here versus Minnesota. Um, I'm not excited about this offense. I think we might end this guy's career this game, giving him such a tough defense. We're going to—it may crush his confidence. I cannot touch any wide receiver or tight end this game. Um, I'm hopeful Jordan Howard maintains uh, running back one value, and Terry Cohen owners are hoping that this offense does not change very much either. On the flip side here, uh, Chicago did win uh, a Monday night last year against Minnesota. And uh, oh boy, if, if somehow, if somehow Mitchell Trubisky can pull off this win, I'm pretty sure that uh, he will be uh, pretty much the Messiah, the savior of Chicago. Uh, there are going to be bars renamed after him. Um, he's going to you know, not have to pay anything to get into any of the strip clubs. He can do basically whatever he wants if, if he shows well in this game against the tough Minnesota defense. Um, but fantasy-wise, certainly you're not starting him outside of two QB or super flex leagues. Um, but, you know, you're starting Jordan Howard. I think he's still a, a mid-pack running back two right now. And Tariq Cohen should be a flex. Uh, they should probably get him the ball out in what I think will be a, a somewhat close game. But I do expect the Bears to trail here. And the one thing, that, uh, not necessarily a waiver wire ad, but a speculatively, or excuse me, a speculative uh, ad on the watch list for you might be Adam Shaheen. Um, you know, he worked a lot with Mitch Trubisky on the second team offense uh, during training camp and the preseason. And uh, if Trubisky does remain the starter, I, I think he might find that chemistry with Adam Shaheen, uh, quote unquote, baby Gronk. Let's just try and keep Mitchell <laughs> off of Twitter for now, okay? <laughs> we'll see we'll see um even given my cautious optimism and i may regret this i will take minnesota in this game yeah given my absolute lack of optimism give me minnesota solidly in this game <laughs> that's fair 
All right, we've got four teams on by this week. A big bye week. A lot of people missing time. Um, we can just run through these teams quickly. Um, Atlanta, of course. Matt Ryan having a down-ish sort of year thus far. Devontae Freeman's going to be fine. Tevin Coleman's going to be both left games with injuries this week. Uh, monitor, monitor their status. Um, they, there shouldn't be any reflexive ads with them being on a buy. But if they look like they're going to miss time, I, I think it's worth adding Taylor Gabriel. Um, not as a, not with a fab bid, not with a waiver priority. But after these things uh, clear, if you're hurting at wide receiver, I, th I think it's good to just stash him on your bench for free. Well, it couldn't hurt you, right? Yeah, I mean, Taylor Gabriel can always break those big plays. Um, but that said, I am not that optimistic. It seems like he's always done better when the defense focuses on Julio and Sanu. So I do not think the ceiling is actually that high as a uh, standalone option. I think he's a better complement. Probably not a great wide receiver one for the team. Probably going to be a heavy dosage of Tevin Coleman. Hey, we may see uh, Austin Hooper do something uh, on the flip side, right? Um, Denver also on a bye. C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles, of course, are doing what we thought they would. Um, Manuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, limited versus Oakland. I'm not concerned about this team. Um, no, no real notes going forward into a week from now for me. Or Mung, for that matter. All right. Uh, New Orleans, of course, you're, you're not going to have Drew Brees going with you. Um, Elvin Kamara took a nice step forward this week, and Adrian Peterson took that step backwards. Um, Kamara's not going to have weeks like this every week, but dynasty owners of Kamara have to be, you know, have to be drooling right now. It looks like they grabbed somebody like Kareem Hunt or something with a pretty much late first-round dynasty pick. Um, Michael Thomas, of course, looking great. Kobe Flaner going to be sitting for you. So find a tight end option to replace him. Yeah. I'm, you know, like I said last week, uh, you can go ahead and drop uh, Adrian Peterson and uh, go ahead and add Alvin Kamara. If he's still out there in your leagues. There we go. Washington, we'll see how they'll play tonight. Hopefully they can stay healthy. Till Pryor connecting deep for a 44-yard touchdown, which is nice to see him and Kirk link up. Of course, I had Pryor sitting on my bench waiting for something like this to happen. Maybe it's finally happening. Um, Jordan Reed, hopeful to stay healthy this game, and he gets a bye week just at the right time, right? It always seems like the right time for Jordan Reed to have a bye week, though. Yeah, um, surprisingly, Jamison Crowder, Jordan Reed all playing tonight. Uh, they seem healthy. Uh, hopefully it stays that way. But if anything were to happen, hopefully uh, they do have that extra week to recover. Um, but, you know, you have Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins all on bye next week. Um, so a few QB streamers to consider. Uh, Eli Manning against the Chargers, 59% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Um, he's been performing better the last two weeks. Now that Mac McAdoo is focusing on getting the ball out faster, um, playing more of those three wide receiver sets with Evan Ingram basically acting as a wide receiver. Um, another option I brought up, Jacoby Brissett earlier, 3% uh, owned on Yahoo Leagues. He's facing San Francisco at home. Uh, I think this should be another shootout type game with the Indy defense giving up a ton of big plays and Brissett really just having to go punch for punch. And then finally, if Sam Bradford is healthy and starts against Chicago, uh, certainly you don't want to wait till Monday night. But um, if for some reason you, you are starting Case Keenum um, or Mike Glenn or Mitch Trubisky, uh, uh, Sam Bradford is definitely worth a speculative ad. Um, if he's healthy, he's going to start and the Chicago defense is going to give up some big plays. And again, like I said, Minnesota may tailor that offense to more quick passing as well with Dalvin Cook out for the season. 
some tight end streamers that we wanted to talk about for this week with uh, not not many big name tight ends missing uh, on a bye week. But, you know, of course, you do have uh, plenty of injuries going around. Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry could be tight end twos um, each against uh, the New York Giants, only 32 or 67 percent owned um, that I liked. Uh, Austin Safari Jenkins, I think, is my top tight end for this week against Cleveland. Uh, no, actually, he's my number two. Karen one who should have a very very nice week against the new england patriots yeah and then uh, let's talk through some injuries real quick here uh, at quarterback we've got Derek carr he has a back fracture um supposedly out two to six weeks but do keep in mind that cam newton and tony romo both only missed one game with a similar injury so i would not drop Derek carr just yet um yeah to- depending on what sort of fracture it is. We don't really have much more information. Some reports are saying back strain, which would be more muscular. Um, Some are saying fracture, which um, might be a a quick operative sort of thing. Just throw a little gel in there and move on with your day. Yeah, I think the latest report is that it is a transverse fracture in his back. Oh, okay. So, So that should heal up pretty well. Transverse processes will be okay. Um, And then similarly, Marcus Mariota, it sounds like his hamstring injury is minor. He will be questionable for next week. And as we mentioned, Sam Bradford with that bone bruise in his knee, uh, still questionable as well for this coming week. Unfortunate, always the longest list is these running backs. Dalvin Cook, ACL tear out for the season. Chris Carson, broken leg out for the season. Ty Montgomery with that rib, quote unquote, injury. We need more news as to the severity. Conflicting reports out there right now. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting the liars and cheats of Green Bay to really give us any real information for him or Jamal Williams, who has the knee sprain, which is considered minor right now, questionable for this week. Uh, Paul Perkins, bruised ribs, he's day to day. You don't want him anyways. Yeah, I think I just added Paul Perkins on there uh, in case, you know, you have him in a deeper league, but I I don't think you want to be starting him even if he were healthy. Yes, sir. Uh, As for our wide receivers, Julio Jones coming up with a hip flexor strain. Perfect time for a bye week for him. Uh, Hopeful for him not to miss any time, either him or Mosinu, also with a hamstring strain, um, which could take him two to three weeks. Those hamstrings, you know, you you use them every time you walk, right? And and he runs quite a bit, pretty fast, actually. So he he may need to uh, be hobbled for a little bit and heal up. Odell Beckham Jr. uh, with a finger dislocation and a high ankle sprain was able to return. Giants are hopeful he's not going to miss time. He's a very tough player. I'm not expecting him to. Uh, Devontae Adams with that concussion on that really rough hit uh, against the Bears uh, linebacker. He could miss a week or two here. If he's healthy, feel free to fire him up. Uh, Jordan Matthews with a thumb injury, surgery out for a month. He's droppable. Um, And then uh, Jack Doyle also in concussion protocol, hopeful to clear by this week. But I guess he's a tight end. So let's uh, talk about the other tight end, Tyler Eifert with a back injury week to week. And finally, to close out the show with our waiver wire ads for this week, we'll start off at quarterback. Uh, We've got Deshaun Watson, only 34% owned in Yahoo leagues right now. He looks legit out there. I understand it was the Titans defense, but he looks like he's making good decisions, making good throws. And this is a team that's built to help him out. Uh, You know, they've got got a good running game. Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman are both aided by Watson's mobility as well. Um, I think he's uh, kind of ascended that uh, streamer tier of quarterbacks, and I think he should be owned at this point. 
Um, in the running backs, we've got a lot to talk about here. As I mentioned, Latavius Murray, only 18% owned with Dalvin Cook out for the season. Uh, the Minnesota defense is good enough to give them uh, good running game scripts. And even though Latavius Murray isn't the most talented running back we've sh- we've seen before with Oakland, uh, that he can definitely be serviceable in fantasy as an RB2, um, assuming he gets those carries. And it sounds like he is the guy for now. Um, and then in Seattle, Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy. Rawls is 29% owned, Eddie Lacy 20% owned. Um, I do think Rawls is going to be the lead back here, but I do think it kind of devolves back into a, a committee now with Carson out. Um, I would definitely prefer to have Latavius Murray as my number one running back to add. Um, and then in Green Bay, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Williams is 10% owned and Jones 11% owned. Again, uh, it sounds like Jamal Williams and maybe even Ty Montgomery may be ready to play this week, um, especially with the added uh, you know 10 days, given that it was a Thursday night game this past week. Um, again, uh, out of the two, I would prefer Jamal Williams. It, it sounds like he would get um, more of the workload if Montgomery were to miss some time with that rib injury. Uh, we did see that Williams was the first guy into the game uh, when Montgomery came out. And then we mentioned before as well, Wayne Gallman, only 4% owned, uh, still a poor running game with the New York Giants and, and somewhat of a committee there for sure. But um, Gallman is quote, quote unquote the starter for now and an opportunity leads to fantasy points. So certainly worth an ad depending on what your roster looks like. And then same with Andre Ellington, 24% owned. In PPR, he's been very good this past uh, couple weeks. And I I think uh, Arizona also has kind of abandoned that run game and will rely on those little check down throws uh, to move the ball along in short guarded situations. So certainly worth a look there as a flex or maybe even a low end RB2 on certain weeks. Um, And then two guys we mentioned last week that should have been owned already, but if not, Um, Bilal Powell, still only 72% owned uh, in Yahoo leagues. And then Wendell Smallwood, only 59% owned. Um, If these guys weren't added already, definitely worth doing so now. And then at the wide receiver position, we've got Will Fuller, 32% owned, back from that hand injury. Um, He is a great, great deep threat for Houston. Uh, Will help free up DeAndre Hopkins. But we've seen that Deshaun Watson makes this a very functional offense. And Will Fuller could definitely be one of those boomer bust Deshaun Jackson-like flex plays. Um, Similarly, Devin Funchess seeing a lot of opportunity with Greg Olson injured. Uh, He is only owned right now in 26% of leagues. Definitely worth uh, a look. His target share has definitely been huge with Greg Olson out. And then we've got Sterling Shepard, 55% owned. Uh, As we mentioned, the Giants pass game going to a lot of those quick short passes. Um, He's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of that, especially with Odell Beckham getting a ton of coverage from the defense. Uh, Dante Moncrief, we talked about earlier as well. He's owned in just 50% of leagues right now. Um, This is more of a speculative ad with Andrew Luck due back soon-ish. We're not sure yet exactly how soon, but... Definitely that would help the entire Colts offense, including Moncrief. And their defense is still not that great, so there will be shootout-type game scripts for the Colts' offensive skill position players. And then John Brown at the wide receiver position as well, 39%. Again, he is the clear 1B to Larry Fitzgerald in this passing game uh, when healthy, and it looks like his quad is slowly healing. Um, Again, if he can stay healthy, he's put up wide receiver two numbers in the past, and this Arizona Cardinals offense could sure use him. 
And then finally at the wide receiver position, just worth noting, Josh Gordon, 6% owned. Um, I'm not expecting a ton out of him, but in deep, deep leagues, uh, it sounds like the rumors are swirling that he he may be back from suspension at some point soon. Um, Worth at least a, a look, depending on, again, how deep your league is. At the tight end position, we talked about two guys that we think are must-owns, not even streamers at this point at the tight end position. Charles Clay, 67%. Um, He's the top receiving option now with Jordan Matthews out for about a month with that thumb injury. Uh, Similarly, Evan Ingram, 47% owned. He's been averaging over eight targets per game in the last three games. And again, the Giants are throwing a ton with that ineffective run game. And he could be uh, for real this year, uh, breaking out earlier uh, than that rookie tight ends, uh, excuse me, than rookie tight ends usually do. Um, Again, we mentioned Jack Doyle with Andrew Luck coming back soon, 68% owned. Andrew Luck has always checked down a ton to Doyle, especially in the red zone. Um, And then finally, Kyle Rudolph, too, uh, as a buy low. He's owned in just about every league. Uh, I believe his ownership percentage is actually 94%. However, um, you know, usually we don't talk about this as much, but a good buy low target in trade talks. Uh, if if that uh, Rudolph owner has not been uh, paying much attention, again, we do think that Minnesota Vikings offense may go back to that um, quick short passing game with Dalvin Cook out for the season. So I think the major takeaway point there is that even if you're 0-4, there are tons of players that can help your team. Every one of these players has a chance to move you to that next level. Um, never give up. Never stop trying to get the next players. Never stop looking for the next big thing because people get hurt. Players get hurt. The game changes every single week. Oh, I thought you were about to say never give up, never surrender for a second there. Uh, Do you get that (laughs) reference? Uh, Galaxy Quest. Yes, indeed. Uh, ah, Oldie but a goodie. That was a great movie. The late, great Alan Rickman. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. That's right. He killed Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that that he did um but hopefully your your fantasy team will cling to life uh, as harry potter did for seven years and seven books um but uh that's enough of the movie references for now uh we are signing off here uh again like lo said it's it's not over it's still early in the season um, even if your team isn't doing that well, there's there's still a lot of time. Um, and again, as we just mentioned with this very long waiver wire segment at the end, there's a ton of guys out there who can help your team. And um, sometimes all it takes is one or two big blow up players to to win back to back weeks for you and put you right back in that race. That's right. Will I mean, heck, Will Fuller, if he catches on, he's a wide receiver, too, if, if Watson can keep hitting him. Yeah, uh, and we've seen that Watson is, I mean, at least for now, looks legit. So, uh, as always, if you have more specific questions uh, based on your specific rosters or leagues, you can always find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Low, so you can reach producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan. Thank him for all the great work he's done. You can also uh, find us in the Google Play Store and on Smart. Wait, what's it called? Yeah, the Google Play Store. No, the uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, not SmartCloud, SoundCloud, (laughs) sorry. Um, And then, of course, if you haven't already, just click subscribe in the iTunes store uh, so that the next episode downloads automatically into your device. You don't have to go searching for it. It'll be right there for you. Uh, We record on Monday nights and are uploaded very early Tuesday mornings. 
Yep. And as always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today.